You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team swing and a drive right field and deep back goes Aquino it's got a chance gone get out the tape measure long gone fly the W Cubs fans it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean you're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two, episode number 16. The battle for the Cubs' fifth starter heats up. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram, and Fly the W on Facebook. Or you can email Crawley and I, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crawley, happy Thursday to you. One day closer to your trip to spring training. Yep, cannot wait. Should be exciting. So the uh, Cubs have got games underway since the last time we've talked. They've played another split squad doubleheader, and that one happened on Monday. They lost both games, but there is some good that comes despite a couple of losses in inter-squad and split-squad type games. Yeah, and, you know, they played their split-squad game on Monday. They lost to the, uh, you know, they played the Guardians at home, and they lost 12-4. to you know, when the lineup comes on, sometimes there's just names that you pop out and you want to kind of see what's happening. So for me, I, at the Guardians game, it was Master Buani, uh, Ian Happ, obviously, uh, Trey Mancini, uh, Edwin Rios, and Matt Mervis. Those are the guys that were in the starting lineup that I was kind of really looking at. And, of course, obviously, Jamison Tyone. We've heard so much about him. Big free agent signing. Uh, you know, he, he looked pretty good in his first outing, and he debuted that much-talked-about sweeper slider that's been going around the camp. Uh, first inning looked great, but he ran into trouble in the second, giving up a single, getting a ground out, but then giving up a two-run homer to Roman Quinn, who had himself quite the day. Uh, after giving up another hit, his day was done after he uh, hit his pitch count. Uh, the Cubs offense came alive on the third with back-to-back doubles by Mike Talkman and Jonathan Peralza, single by Miles Mastrobani, and a two-run double by Ian Happ to put the Cubs up 3-2. Uh, but the wheels came off in the fifth when Rowan Wick came into the game. First our guy, batter. Rowan Wick, our guy. Yeah, he's back. He walked the first batter he faced. He got <laughs> Stephen Kwan to ground out, gave up a single to Gabriel Arias, walked Josh Naylor and David Fry. So back-to-back walk to load the bases is never a good thing. New. Now, should have gotten out of the inning. I'm going to give him that, so I'm not going to throw that on Rowan Wick. There was an error on uh, Miles Mastrobwani that caused everyone to be safe, and then – after that, there's a sack fly to make it 5-3, to three, and his day was done, but the line didn't look pretty. And then Peyton Remy came in, and he gave up a home run to Roman Quinn. I told you to remember that name. That was home run number two, five RBI day. That made it 8-3. to three. Um, Adbert Alzali was roughed up for two runs, as was recent Cubs acquisition Julian Merriweather. So, you know, Master Buani happened. Mancini all had the hot bat that day for the Cubs. Bryce Ball interesting guy to kind of look at he's a first baseman he was acquired in the jock peterson trade he went two for two with an rbi matt mervis on the cold end went 0 for three with three strikeouts and uh, edwin rios was still looking for his first hit so again you look at these games you look at the positives you don't freak too much out about the negatives um 
you know, and, and it was interesting because I would say that when, when after the game, Tyone talked about it, it's just the pace. You know what I mean? It's kind of seeing these guys kind of getting used to it. You know, it's one thing to hear about it. It's another thing to do it in a game. So I think it's going to be fine. I'm not too worried about it. Um, yeah, you know. because it works both ways, right? I mean, it's going to, as much as the pitcher has to get back into into a rhythm, the 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 batter has to get into a rhythm as well, right? And some of these guys are real creatures of habit as far as their every time they get into the box, what they go through. So th- this, I think, is going to be kind of a chess match where both sides are going to, you know, have to adjust to these new rules. Yep. And so, you know, I think it's going to get better. And it, it, like I said, it's good to see. For me, I'm just watching happen, Mancini. They've really been looking pretty good all spring. Very so. good. Right. Mancini. It's, yep, yep. So over at Salt River Field at Talking Stick, uh, when the lineup came out, you had Nico in there. You had Swanson, Hosmer, Velasquez, PCA, and Brennan Davis. That was the game I was super excited about, but there was really no offense. So as a pitcher's duel, the Cubs lost three to nothing with the D-backs scoring all three runs in the bottom of the ninth. The Cubs only had two hits in the game, one of them coming off the bat of David Bodie, who continues his, heart stop, his hot start. Now, as disappointed as I was in the offense, the pitching looked great. Caleb Killian, you know, he, he came up, he looked really great, and then kind of struggled a bit. I guess he had some tendonitis in his knee, but he set all six batters he faced down with two strikeouts. Jeremiah Estrada, we've had him on the show. He was throwing heat, 98, 97 miles an hour. Cam Sanders, uh, rel- related to Scott Sanders, Scott Sanders' son, former Cub, he oh. went two innings and threw some filthy pitches, so... Hoping to see him up at Wrigley this year. You know, with, with these young guys, it just comes down to control and not throwing walks. You, you know, you cannot give up the walk, and that's going to be even more key when you see all these guys trying to steal bases with these uh, bigger bases. So you just Great can't point. do it. But, yep. Great but, point. But Sanders really, like I said, has some good stuff. So, you know, it, it was, you know, the hitting did not much happen, but but pitching-wise, good to see those guys out there. And, and I think one of the big things is that the Cubs, especially last season, just had nobody that could throw heat. And and now I'm starting to see more and more guys, you know, just kind of some flamethrowers in there that really are impressing me. So, you know, on Tuesday, the Cubs traveled to AmFam Field of Phoenix. So apparently AmFam bought the rights in Milwaukee and in Phoenix to face the <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers. Wisdom was scratched for the second game in a row. Kevin Alcantara, um, he was uh, one for one of the Cubs' Cubs top prospects made his debut, as did James Chiriantos, who played for Wisdom. Magical was playing third, and Mervis was in the game for Mastrobuani. So, you know, some names in there, but for me, the ones I was looking at was Kevin Alcantara and James Triantos. Now, Smiley got the start, but he spent a lot of time in and out of trouble. He gave up five hits and two runs in two innings. Of those five hits, three of them were doubles, and one was a home run. Although one was hit pretty hard, but lost in the sun by Alcantara, one of the doubles that, you know, you maybe take that one off, but the ball was still smoked. So Smiley absolutely didn't, it was not comfortable with the pitch clock. He talked about it a little bit afterwards, just saying he always thought he was a fast worker. And then all of a sudden, once that clock's going, he kind of felt like, uh oh. So, you know, he definitely felt rushed, but, you know, Smiley's a veteran. You know what you're going to get out of him. You're not really worried about. Um, the one guy, though, that really impressed me in this game, we had him on the show. I absolutely love this kid, Ben Brown. He came in and faced seven batters. He gave up a home run to Rowdy Telez because that's what Rowdy Telez does. But his stuff looked really good, and he was hitting 97 on the gun. So that kind of goes back to that theme of being able to throw some heat and missing some bats. So that was exciting, but the Cubs' offense continued to look sluggish. Their first hit didn't come into the fifth when Kevin Alcantara hit a base hit up the middle. In the top of the seventh, Matt Mervis doubled to the left field wall, so he got off the schneid there. And Nelson Velasquez hit a two-run homer to pull the Cubs within three to two. That's as close as they would come. Uh, an error in the ninth led to an Abraham Torres three-run homer. Um, the Cubs would lose six to three. But when you looked at some positives out of this, and we're going to talk more about this in the third segment, Nelson Velasquez went two for two with the two-run homer. Matt Mervis and Brennan Davis came in late, but both of those guys doubled, and Kevin Alcantara went two for three. Um, Again, the bullpen is really – there's some pieces in there that really interest me or guys that are going to set up later on um, a lot of depth. Ben Brown, I mentioned. Mark Leiter had another good outing. Ben Leeper is a guy whose name that really kind of – you know, he's going to – I think Cup fans are going to get to know him. Denise Correa, he – you know, he gave up that three-run home run, but again – 
you know, or it was, a, I'm sorry, a, you know, yeah, he gave up that three run home run in the ninth, but the error didn't help that situation either. But he's a guy that was throwing some heat, you know, 9,900 miles an hour. So these are guys that can throw it. And, and in today's game, you got to have heat. You can't just have a guy that just is nibbling on the corners. You got to be able to go at it and crank it up there. And especially, you know, they're talking about with the pitch clock that you have less time to kind of, you know, get yourself back up and ready to throw it at maximum velocity. So the more guys that you have that can do that, especially these young guys, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world, right? Um, And I think, you know, going back a little bit there, Crawley, I think Smiley is going to have to get used to things, but I do believe he'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not worried. Like I said, the first time you're going through this, and we've taught a lot of the minor leaguers on this show, and talking to a lot of those guys, you know, when they had first had to do the pitch clock, all of them were uncomfortable with it, you know, for the most part. You know, when you think about a guy like Kyle Hendricks or Marcus Stroman, naturally fast workers, it's not going to bother them. But, you know, for guys that may, especially, you know, obviously guys that work slow are going to have a hard time. But guys in the middle that are right on that border, those are the ones I think that are going to be affected the most. So I think that all in all, Smiley will be fine. Everyone's going to kind of get used to this. Uh, Wednesday saw the Cubs back at Sloan Park with a lot of their projected starters playing, including the return of Cody Bellinger. He was out for a couple of days under the weather. Um, Hayden Wesniski, your guy, competing for the fifth starter spot, was on the mound. Not and anymore. So, He's not competing anymore, Crowley. Put he, him in. He, Pencil him in. Pencil him in. You can pen him in as far as I'm concerned, but at least, at least David Ross, okay? At least pencil him in. I, I would say that they're, they're, you know what you're, you're going to keep watching and and it's it's I'm very curious to see how this whole spring plays out to me you know you have a couple different storylines going in there we've talked about third base uh, the fifth starter spot and we'll talk a little bit more in the third segment about right field but you know th- that competition for that fifth starter spot don't count out Javier Assad and definitely don't count out Caleb Killian and and Hayden is doing nothing to, you know, like you said, you know, he, he absolutely has his hat in the ring. So, you know, there's going to be other starts. Let's see how everybody does. But, uh, you know, he looks sharp. He struck out four, giving up one hit, walking one. I like that he worked around a leadoff double in the second inning, you know, and, and the offense finally broke out, scoring five runs. I, I was surprised Jan Gomes had a big two-run double. Yeah, you know, you don't expect we'll take much that from, from him. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, Morell and Nico drove in runs, and Ian Happ was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. You know, I don't want to see that in spring training. No. Look like, like, look like he uh, is okay, but you know, it's uh, you know, that's the thing about spring training, Dustin, is you sit there and you look at this, and you want guys looking good, and you want guys coming out of it healthy. You don't want to see guys getting hit by pitch. So no, and I'm sure yeah, that, that wasn't on purpose. That's just one that got away. There was nothing. There was nothing malicious about anything like that, no. but it's something that you got to worry about. Absolutely, you know, you got to come out of this thing at the end of the month fully healthy. Now the Mariners got two runs off of Ruanus Alias, and it, to me, it seems like the Cubs are giving him a good long look. I don't think he's going to be taking a fifth starter spot, but he's somebody I think that they want to kind of stash in the minors in case of emergency, break glass, a guy that can do long relief. He had some really good numbers in winter ball this year. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, just it seems like they're very curious to see what they have with him. Now, Nico Horner didn't have a hit if you looked at the box score, but that was due to a base running mistake by Nelson Velasquez. Um, so, you know, just learning moments here. We've talked about it, Dustin. My biggest concern for this team compared to last year, and I know they're different teams, obviously, the 40-man roster. I think they said 15 new guys on the 40-man roster a lot of changes, but base running has got to be cleaned up. And so, you know, it, it ended up going in the box score as a fielder's choice for Horner. But but Nelson Velasquez got caught up between second and third and, and got caught, you know, at third. Um, and so that was the issue. Bodie one for two. And, and you know, gosh, David Bodie's had a lot of injuries, Dustin. It's It's been all sorts of goofy injuries. Shoulder injury, I think, was one. He had an ankle injury. He hasn't been healthy for a while. And I looked the other day at his numbers. The guy has absolutely fantastic, for whatever reason, he loves hitting in spring. Maybe, you know, maybe Arizona wants to pick him up and, and sign him. What I is that, the know. high the high sky, right? It's the high sky out in Arizona, is that it? 
whatever it is, but, but he is looking really, really good. And then Cody Bellinger, his first day back, he goes two for three. So I know you had to have been excited about that, Dustin. And Morrell had an RBI single. So, you know, since the last time we talked, one win, three losses. Um, but, but again, you know, you, you have some, you know, good things happening, especially on the pitching end. And it's, and it's going to be the hitting end. I think that we're going to be kind of talking about all season long is, you know, where are they going to get their runs? You, you can't have guys going into prolonged slumps like that. And, and people are going to hitting with runners in scoring position and base running are really going to be the keys, but you know, it's spring training. We're not freaking out about anything and, uh, see what happens. For a little more uh, Cody Bellinger, Crawley, just want to promote our buddies David Haw and uh, Bruce Levine inside the clubhouse Saturday. Cody Bellinger, a guest of theirs. I'm not sure on the time, so pay attention to uh, the Twitter accounts, but Cody Bellinger Saturday inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast, Season 2, Episode 16, The Battle of the Cubs. Fifth starter spot heats up. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crowley interviews Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, who recently called the opening game with Ron Coomer for 670 to score to talk about what he saw out in Mesa. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast i have the voice of the iowa cubs alex cohen and alex not only are you voice of the cubs but you've also been the voice of the iowa cubs you were the voice of the cubs spring training for 670 the score yeah got the uh got the opening day call and uh, i was lucky enough to have the call with ron coomer in front of 6152 of our closest friends at sloan park and uh got to call cubs victory but it was spectacular, man. It was so much fun. Just uh, not just being able to call a big league game, but being able to call a spring training game in baseball and, and having that environment. I mean, there is no better environment in Arizona than Sloan Park and the Cubs tailgates. And um, it was pretty special. It was really cool. So, so are you, you're just sitting at home. It's winter. We're all miserable, right? You're in Iowa. We're here in the Chicagoland area. And you just get a phone call and they just say, hey, man, you know, would you like to broadcast that first game? Yeah, no, I, I got an email just saying, hey, if, uh, if you're interested, um, come, down, come on down on Saturday. Call the game on 670 The Score. Are you up for that? And, uh, yeah, I was sitting at that point in my living room in 22-degree weather in Iowa, so I really had to weigh my options <laughs> uh, between 22 degrees in Iowa or 75 degrees in Arizona. Unfortunately, uh, I took the latter. I flew down there Friday night, called the game on Saturday, and came back uh, Saturday night. So it was a quick 22-hour business trip, and I uh, really enjoyed it. Now, this was your first major league game, correct? Calling your first major league game. It was. How diff- yeah, I've, how- I've called bits and pieces of uh, spring training games in 2018 and 2019 and uh, joined the marquee broadcast during a game in 2022. But full nine-inning big league game, that was my first. 
So how different was it from a minor league game? Was it, did you feel like it was a little bit different or what to you is kind of like when you walked away and, and just had that experience, what was it like for you? It actually felt more of the same that it did for anybody else. Cause I was used to the AAA rules. So I was used to all the rule changes, but no, just an atmosphere. That's the second largest crowd I've ever called a game in front of. Uh, the other one was, I was calling international baseball um, and at the Tokyo dome. So I've called 15, 1600 games in my career. And for that to be the second largest crowd, that's saying something. And I, I think where it really hit me was it was in between the sixth inning. It might've been like the sixth going into the seventh or like the middle of the sixth going into the bottom of the sixth. And, and I'm sitting there like shuffling papers and I get two hands on the back of my shoulder. And I thought it was somebody who I knew or like a member of the Cubs media staff, but I turn around and it's Eddie better. So that's when it really kind of set in. It's like, whoa, this is not uh, your average Iowa Cubs, Omaha Storm Chasers May game. This is uh, this is the big show. This is the big league. So it was really cool. Okay, I, I love you and I hate you now. I can't believe you got. I mean, how yes. awesome, Eddie, dude. I tell people, you know me. I never shut up. And the only and I've met many of players. I've met many celebrities. I met everybody and every anybody, but. That was the one time that I was starstruck was Eddie Vedder. Yeah. I found, I saw him one time outside of Wrigley field. This is when they had the old school VIP entrance across from McDonald's. Yeah. And I thought he was like six feet tall, you know, like just, you know, like, cause you see concerts and you're like, you know, he's always on these jumbotron. Right. And all of a sudden I was like, hi Eddie. I could barely get it out. It was so bad. It was, I, I did get yeah, a picture though. So I think the good thing was I only had a, a minute and 45 seconds to kind of uh, go through it because I had to go back for the next inning. So I had some concentrated structured time to be in awe. So that was, uh, that was pretty neat. Now, Ron Coomer has been on the podcast. He's been out to club 400. He's, he's one of, he's, we just love Coom dog, you know, just a, a cub fan through and through. What was it like being able to have Coom next to you? And how fun was that? He was the best. And I'm not, that's not even like hyperbolic. Like he is legitimately the best. I mean, he's smart. He knows the game. His recall in certain situations is, is just incredible. I mean, we were in the eighth inning and he was going through and at bat in the first inning, pitch by pitch, sequence by sequence. I mean, I can't even remember the last minute, let alone that. So just hearing him just recall baseball and his experiences. I mean, he is a baseball guy through and through. You know, talked about him being a professional baseball player in that atmosphere for the last four decades, and it shows. I mean, he is a baseball junkie in the best way possible, and he's also so nice, so kind, so welcoming, and he's just um, he's a tremendous ambassador to the Cubs in the game of baseball, and, and I wish everybody could be like Ron Coomer. Oh, just such a good guy. And, 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 you know, it's gotta be fun for you too. It's not only do you get to call the game, but a lot of the guys that you have called throughout your career are, mm -hmm. are there. And, and, you know, whether you're talking, I think Brennan Davis got the start that day and, you know, Brennan right. from, and, you know, uh, obviously Nelson Velasquez and Matt Mervis and all these guys that are out there. Were they happy to see you out there and you get a chance to talk to anybody? They were. You know, when I when you walk into media availability that first day and uh, you get a couple of rubs on the top of the ball dome from, uh, you know, Hayden Wesneski, Darius Hill, Matt Mervis, Jared Young, uh, Brennan, just, you know, I, they're genuinely happy to see you. And then once they found out that I was calling the game, it's like me when I see them making their big league debut. I'm ecstatic for them. And they were naturally uh, pretty happy for me as well. So they're humans. And when you go through the bus rides and the plane rides and 150 games and 162 days with these guys, there's a personal relationship that's formed. And uh, it was really nice to see them you know, that Saturday and uh, looking forward to seeing more of them over the next month and uh, really over the summer. Now, you know, some of the things that we were talking about on this show is, is, is there are some roster spots available and, and, you know, a couple of things that we're looking at is that fifth starter spot and a couple of guys that you should, I, I believe, you know, pretty well, you know, Hayden Wesneski came in with the trade and then you had Caleb Killian and then mm -hmm. Javier Assad. When you are looking, you know, when you think of those three guys, I mean, those are three good options to have for a potential fifth starter. I'm not even including Adrian Sampson. Yeah, I, you look at those three guys, and I won't say that they're all different, but Hayden Wesneski, we've seen him in short spurts. I mean, the four-seam fastball and the slider are both not only big league great, they are elite great. I mean, he's got elite stuff, and, I mean, you could see why he was a top-ten prospect in the Yankees system. Then Caleb Killian, this was his first full offseason as a member 
of the Cubs, because remember, he was traded to the Cubs 2021. Uh, then he went to the Arizona Fall League. And then last year, the offseason was halted by uh, the lockout stuff. So being for him, being able to have a normal offseason, getting healthy and you know, seeing his first spring training outing, you know, 95 to 96, snapping off breaking balls, looking really sharp. But then Javier Assad, you know, I got to see him on Saturday, look sharp naturally. And, and he's a guy just the pitch ability is there. He can throw five pitches for strikes. He doesn't get affected. You know, he's a guy where, oh, let's say he walks somebody, he falls, falls down 3-0. It doesn't affect him. I mean, there's no spiral or unraveling effect. He's steady, and I think that that really helps, you know, any major league baseball team to have a guy who's unaffected by things that happen to him on a baseball field or not on a baseball field. So uh, any of those options are great. Adrian Sampson was with the Iowa Cubs in 2021, started off with us in 2022. Again, one of those steady guys. He gives up two, three home runs in a spring training game. I guarantee you he comes back out in his next spring training outing and post zeros. I mean, he's unaffected by stuff like that. So uh, four really good options for that last rotation spot. Now, I, I got to ask you, too, is, is as you're there and you're in Arizona, were you walking around the backfields? Were you checking out everything and kind of just getting a general feel about what was going on? Didn't have enough time on Saturday, but yeah, hopefully I'll get back down there at some point of uh, spring training. And, and that's what I like to do. You know, when I'm not calling a game, you get there for the media availability. You see the big league guys work out and, and then you go to the backfields and not just the triple A guys. You, you go to the, the single A team. You see the rookie ball guys, you know, how much of a how lively they are, the smiles they have on their face, just the natural energy that's built in the backfields. You know, I would love to do some sort of social media segment of a behind the backfields and just take us through a day, you know, when you're not playing a big league spring training game. Now that also gives you an opportunity to meet these guys before they get to you at AAA. I mean, when you think about the guys like uh, James Triantos or, uh, you know, some some of the some of the younger prospects that have, you know, DJ Hurst, th those guys that haven't made it up to AAA, it would allow you to kind of make a connection to some of these guys, introduce yourself because, you know, with a lot of these guys, it's just a matter of time before they get to you. Yeah, just you know, seeing guys like Andy Weber, Chase Strumpf, uh, Jonathan Perlaza, uh, you said DJ Hurst, Jordan Wicks, uh, Owen Casey, Pico Armstrong, naturally, and uh, just seeing them in their element when they're not in front of the cameras and just getting down to basics and uh, working on and playing baseball. And uh, I, I think it's really important to make yeah, my presence felt back there, but just seeing what goes on back there for context. Now, a cool thing about the game that you did call is, you know how spring training lineups go, and sometimes you have split squads, and sometimes yeah. you're like, who's this guy? But the game that you got to call, I mean, we were talking about it. That was like an opening day lineup. So that had to have made it even extra special on top of everything. And when you see the top of the lineup of, you know, Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner, or I guess Nico Horner, Dansby Swanson, um, that's pretty neat. And you go to the the top of the first inning and uh, the ending play, the top of the first inning was a four, six, three double play was, you know, Nico to Dansby to Hosmer. I mean, that's something that you know, you're going to hear Cubs fans say for a long, long time, especially up the middle and seeing that tandem's first of many double plays. It was pretty unique and pretty cool. Now you also got to see Pete Crow Armstrong made his way into the game. How exciting was that? I mean, how much have you gotten to see Pete personally? Is that the first time you got to see him? Time. Yeah. It's the first time I've seen him live. And, you know, he had the most impressive 0 for 3 game I think I've ever seen. He had two <laughs> line outs to left field the opposite way. He had a ground out to the right side that he nearly beat out. He walked, he scored a run, he stole a base. He's just electric, man. He's going to be a stud. Um, He's so much fun to watch, you know, 20 years old. And even just watching him uh, over the last couple of days in spring training, already taking big league at-bats and doing so against lefties and, and doing that for his age and you know, being able to play gold club caliber defense. He is the number one prospect that he should be. He's a special player. Now, you talked a little bit about this earlier. You are accustomed to these rules. And mm -hmm. I went to a bunch of minor league games last year, and I started, you know, that's when I started to see all this stuff. As, as far as it goes, the one thing, though, is for me, I guess, is, is as far as a view uh, as a broadcaster, had, did that change the way that you had to broadcast a game? Because it feels like it's moving quicker. And I just don't know, especially watching on TV and like the way I, you know, I'm viewing a game on TV. I'm like, oh, my God, this is really quick. Like, you know, usually you could go to the bathroom, go grab another beer. Now it seems like it's no, fine, man. That. You can't do that. It, it, it took me about 15 to 20 games to get into a real rhythm because, you know, normally during a baseball game, you have your stories, you have your stats, and you try to fit them in, in between pitches. Well, you can't do that now because, 
you know, you really have you know 15 or only 20 seconds to do that, and most of the time shorter because when the pitchers get used to it, they move a little bit quicker. So it, it takes some time to get adjusted, and then you really got to pick out you know the the two or three nuggets and the two or three stats you want and, and be settled on that because you're not going anything deeper than that. Uh, unless you have pitching changes or extra innings or something. So it does change the way that, that you go into a broadcast, but yeah, you get used to it by Memorial day. Well, I mean, I think there's an old saying, I think it was Vince Scully who said, never start a story with two outs. Right. I mean, like (laughs) you're doing that anyway. I mean, now you have guys, you know, striking out batters before, you know, Pedro Baez a couple of years ago would throw a pitch. So it's it's different. It's, 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 it's fun. It's fun to see there. And, And, you know, Alex, I'm just, uh, tell people about, you know, the Iowa Cubs and what you guys got going on this season that would that get people interested in coming out to the uh, to Iowa. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're lucky enough that a lot of our games are going to be covered, not just in the Iowa or Des Moines metropolitan area, but all throughout the Midwest. I mean, we're going to have you know, more games on Marquee Sports Network that we've had in years past. Uh, the Road to Wrigley segment on Marquee Sports Network is going to showcase, you know, double the amount of home games that we normally do. So I would say that 60 to 70 percent of our home games you'll be able to see in some capacity from the Chicagoland area on Marquee Sports Network. And then, you know, being able to stream all our games on uh, MLB TV because, you know, MILB TV has, has coordinated that relationship and, and the Bally live stream. I mean, the ability to get Iowa Cubs baseball um, yeah, and, and stream that content and get that content is more wide ranging than ever before. And, and just coming down to the ballpark, it finally feels normal in a good way it feels like 2019 with you know the amount of promotions that we're having and special guests that we have coming to the ballpark i mean we are uh we are blessed in iowa of having a great college sports culture with drake and iowa and iowa state you know basketball programs that are going to the ncaa tournament with the way nils are coming we have a lot of these college athletes coming to our games and we have theme nights and we have fireworks nights and it's just going to be a great year at principal park not just because of the promotions but Look at the prospects that could come here. I mean, you're looking at the top 30 prospects that were just released on MLB Pipeline. I have a feeling we'll see 15 of those 30, and and that is underselling it. I mean, we could see four of the top eight prospects opening up the year in Iowa. And at the end of the season, with Jordan Wicks, with DJ Hurst, with Pete Crow Armstrong, I mean, that right there is three of the top 14 that could end the season with us. So from a prospect standpoint, if you are a baseball fan, if you are a Cubs fan, you'll want to come here because you'll see the future of the Cubs in the best system that it's been in the last decade. Well, Alex, I I just had to have you on after, you know, after I heard that, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, we talked about it on the podcast before when you got the call and I'm like, I got to ask Alex how it went. And we're just, you know, you've been on the podcast before. I know I'm going to have you on again in the future, but just, we are really proud. And, you know, you know, with 670, the score and, and everything behind you, man, it's, uh, Congratulations to you and thanks for jumping on. No, thanks for having me. Uh, you know I love you, Crawley. Everything that uh, that that you do for you know, Cubs fans and bringing everybody together, and uh, you are the reason, and you guys are the reason that the Cubs are the best fan base in the country. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Alex, and you take care. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is episode 16 of season two. The battle for the Cubs fifth starter spot is heating up. And now, Crowley, it's time for us to go over a little bit of odds and ends and looking ahead to the week coming up with the uh, Mariners and A's and Padres and Angels and Rockies all taking on our Cubs in the next upcoming days. Yeah, you know, it, it, you got uh, Seattle and Oakland at home, so there's going to be some games at Sloan, which um, my friends over from the Heckler, 
They are over there right now doing their annual spring training trip, so they're having a blast. What's the um, heckler? I don't know. What's the heckler, Crowley? I don't know what the heckler oh, is. Man, Should I know maybe, what the heckler is? Maybe maybe I need to do that uh, You know, next year in the offseason. The heckler was a um, – it was kind of like an onion satirical baseball newspaper that used to be about. They used to have them in like the bins at Wrigley Field, so – Uh, they are absolutely, um, it's, it's part of Cubs culture. They're, they're classic. And so they've been doing this trip out, uh, to Mesa for a long time. Usually that very first week that they, uh, have spring training. So I know they're out there now. The only thing is, is I saw them and they're wearing their, uh, long sleeves and jeans. So, yeah, we had uh, some rain out in the desert. We, we, we were actually warmer here than they were there a couple days. Boy, would that tick you off if you went to Phoenix and Tucson and had worse weather than we do here in Chicago. Yeah. And so, so I'm hoping it gets a little bit better, but uh, you know, when we take a look at some of the notes and some of the things that are going on, we talked about it a little bit in the first segment, this, and, and it's the title of the episode, the battle for the Cubs fifth starter spot heats up. We have seen Adrian Sampson, Javier Assad, Hayden Wisniewski, all of them competing for the fifth starter spot. Uh, I talked about Kalen, Caleb's tendonitis in his knee. And so he fell off the radar a bit. You didn't see him on the top prospect list like you did Hayden Wesniski and stuff like that. Um, Javier Assad, really strong first outing. He, you know, guy that that kind of pitched a little bit at the end of the season. And then Hayden Wesniski, we know all that he has done. But all three of those guys tossed two scoreless innings, okay? And Cubs starting pitchers have gotten off to a fast start in Cactus League play. They are posting a 368 ERA, five earned runs, 11.2 innings pitch with 13 strikeouts compared to only two walks. Cubs starting pitchers have not allowed more than two runs in an outing so far this spring. So as this battle for the fifth starter spot, like I said, I'm not willing to crown Hayden the champ just yet, but I like the fact that there are multiple options for that spot. And I think that that, I I love competition anytime to kind of get to drive these young guys. Absolutely. Tommy Hadevi has been telling us for the last six months, uh, you know, a two-time-a-month guy on the Mully and Haw show, just that they have starting pitching depth, they have pitching depth, and you can never, ever have too much of it. So uh, it's really exciting to see all these guys competing for the last couple of spots in the back end of this uh, in the back end of this thing. And the other news on the pitching, right, Crawley, is that uh, um, David Ross said that maybe Kyle Hendricks might not be as far away as we all think. And Ron Coomer even came on and said he could see him getting a start for the Cubs as early as May. You know, if there's a guy that can do it, it's Kyle. And he's had probably more time off than who knows, you know, how many years it's been since he's had this much time off between starting. Could he do it? Don't know. But like I said, I think that if, if you're looking at the situation and, and you really are lacking for starting pitching, or if you have a bunch of guys go down right away early, then, then, then you, you really are like, okay, Kyle, we need you, buddy. We need you in. If it's not something that is a pressing emergency, I just don't want him to get injured. I, I would rather he not rush it. I want him to come back 100%. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you at all on that. Speaking of a um, potential emergency, we did hear from the uh, Cubs uh, president today, Jed Hoyer, talking about Seiya Suzuki. Yep, and and the news is not good. Um, so you know we're talking about battling for roster spots. There's going to be a battle for the starting right field spot. Uh, David Ross and Seiya Suzuki both you know talked about it. The and and today, like you said, Jed talking about his, the imaging. They had the imaging done on Seiya Suzuki, and it revealed a moderate strain in the oblique. And so from what Jed said today, it is not looking, I mean, it's pretty much, he's not, you're not going to see say a Suzuki opening day. Um, the other place you're not going to see say Suzuki is playing for team Japan at the world baseball classic. That is official. And so a lot of the guys are starting to leave now to get over to where they need to be for the baseball classic. And so I know that uh, Marcus Stroman is leaving for, uh, you know, because he's going to be on Team Puerto Rico. I know that Shohei Tani is ready. He left. And so uh, Say is going to be sticking around and hopefully rehabbing as best as he can. But, that, you know, those oblique injuries, especially for hitters, it's, they're just – they're one of those things that just always feel like it's a nagging injury. And I just – it's frustrating is, is the way to put it. But now you know what? You're gonna, some, who's the next man up? And so that's where we have to take a look at the options. 
One of the options is Nelson Velasquez. He looked really good in the minors last season, but he was struggled when he called up. And this is what I talked about with Dustin, with Christopher Morell, is that when you don't get those everyday starts and you can't get yourself into a rhythm, that's not an easy thing to do. So Velasquez, you know, he's going to, he's going to get a look. Um, Trey Mancini, you know, we talked about Trey Mancini when the Cubs signed him. Uh, he's a guy that was going to play first base in DH, but he mentioned, I can play outfield too. So that may be another option right there. And if that happens, now you open up a spot for Matt Mervis, depending on how he looks this spring. If Matt Mervis looks really good and doesn't look overwhelmed by the pitching, then, then you may want to think about putting Mancini in right field and then having that, um, having a platoon of Matt Mervis and Eric Hosmer and or, may, or maybe one of those guys DHing, however you want to do it, but an option. Okay. Brennan Davis. Uh, Brennan Davis was on the podcast. Great, great kid. Absolutely love him. Uh, we said that he was going to have to really work hard to get that spot back that he looked like he was going to have last year. Um, but now this is an opening right now. So if he can put together some good at-bats, the hope is is that he uh, comes out and maybe maybe makes it difficult for the Cubs and he gets that shot. Don't know. One dark horse candidate, and it's somebody that the Cubs seem to be looking at, again, very closely, Mike Talkman. He's 32 years old, so he's not a kid. Um, but he's an outfielder from local boy, Palatine, Illinois, who went to William Framed High School, drafted by the Rockies in 2017, traded to the Yankees in 2019, traded to the Giants in 2021. He played in Korea for the 2022 season. So Talkman has started in three out of five games so far. And again, he is a guy that's been hitting pretty darn well. So who knows if he's not one that would potentially get a spot. Well, Crowley, if you're David Ross... If you are Jed Hoyer, if you are Carter Hawkins, where are you leaning? How are you configuring this? Because if you go, I'm going to ask you, I'll respond to you. I don't want to tell you what I think. I want to hear what you think first. I'm going to respond to you. And then I want to know what you think. And then I'm actually curious to what our, our listeners, the podcast think as well. I'd love to get some emails from them. About right field. Right field. Right. I mean, you know, Figure a month, okay? It, to be to be safe, just just to be overly cautious. Figure last week, April, first week of May, Suzuki's right. out. So what what are we doing? We the Cubs. What do we want to see for four weeks? And and that's where this spring is going to have to play out. Like I said, if if you're looking, if if Matt Mervis looks solid, then I'd be happy with Trey Mancini and right. If Matt Mervis is looking like, hey. I'm hitting, I'm still mashing. These big league pitchers don't bother me. Then then I'm really, really looking at having uh, Mancini play right. All and right, so Hosmer's at first, Mancini's in right, and Mervis is your DH? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. That's now, originally, when, when the first, when this first, the injury first came out, the first thing David Ross said was Patrick Wisdom. Now, since that time, wisdom has been scratched twice, and, and you kind of shrugged and rolled your eyes a little bit at, at that thought. And then my, if so if you did go that route, so if you go wisdom in right, now what do you do at third? I mean, are you are you going to have Christopher Morell be the everyday third baseman for four to five weeks? Is this how is this how um, Nick Madrigal? makes the team or would you get super crazy and, and Molly and Hall laughed at me when I brought this up but it, I think if it's going to be five weeks or longer you know would you even consider taking Nico Horner from second base and putting him at third and having Madrigal play second no I'm not touching the double play combo I want those guys in rhythm and 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 that's no 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 sir I would not like that I would say that Ideally, you know, you could have um, wisdom and right. I mean, it's not ideal, but and then have Morel at third. Third is really the place where all the competition is right now. Um, but I, I, I would love to see Brennan Davis break out. I would love to see him get a chance um, and see what he can do. It's really up to him. Well, and he um, said, Crowley, right? He said that he wanted to put on a spring training performance, what's going to make them have a real hard decision to make for them not to keep him up. 
and 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 that's that's what I'm looking at. If if, if it's up to me, I would like to see hopefully either Brennan Davis or uh, you know uh, Matt, Matt Mervis. Mervis get a shot. Yeah, one of the now young my guys fear with Mancini Crowley. Here's my fear with Mancini a little bit is that is he ready to be on his legs every day for a month? It's a good question, you know. And not and, just and, first base, right? I mean, right field, you're going to be moving around a hell of a lot more than you do over at first. Right. I think when all is said and done, I would I would like to see what either Nelson Velasquez or Brennan Davis would do. That would be ideally okay. where I stand. I I mean, I'm, this Mike Talkman story is really good. Let's see if he can continue doing what he does all spring long. I just don't – you know what I mean? Are you – We've talked about it before. This is not a championship team. Some people think they can win a division. Maybe. If everything goes their way and it breaks their way, maybe they can win the division. But I would love to see, do you really have something in Brendan Davis? Now, I know that they want him to have more bats because of the, you know what happened last year. You don't want to have those at-bats in the majors and try to get your swing back. Um, but I'd love for Brendan or Nelson, one of those two guys, to really get a shot. And if not one of those two, then Matt Mervis. But I want to go young. All right, you're you're at. gonna get a you're gonna get a front row seat for all of that next week, and uh, I I'm shocked, Crawley, as we prep for the show and go over the notes. You have a Jason Hayward update for us. I was just laughing because uh, you know there's been all this talk about Jason Hayward and the Dodgers. Jason Hayward's working on his swing, and that was kind of a running joke on social media. As Jason Hayward's were he look I again Jason Hayward could have just sat there collected the checks. And been, you know, drinking mimosas on the back porch, right? He was he wasn't doing that. He really did come to camp early all the time and work with whoever the hitting coach was. Nobody tried harder than that guy to get right. Okay, just is what it is. It didn't work out. But the Dodgers keep talking. The the, the drum beating I keep hearing out of Dodgers camp is this guy is fixed. He's ready to go. They found something. Yesterday it was on social media. He hits. A pretty towering home run to right field. Okay, so I, I'm just sitting here, and I'm just laughing because of all these years of, of joking. Oh, this is the year. Hey, we're making an adjustment. Now it's fixed. Did the Dodgers find something, right? And so the Cubs are paying both Jason Hayward and Cody Bellinger's salaries, which is something out to $35 million, right? So, boy, oh, boy, Dustin. Imagine if Jay Hay does have a good offensive season. They better hope Cody Bellinger has a good one too, because again, they're paying for both of those guys. Yeah, yeah, that's just they are. But it, it, that's it then, right? After that, that's it. You know, yes. those guys are in the. This is the. This is the end of all, uh, the end of all of that nonsense, if you will. But again, uh, Jason Hayward, uh, solid, solid teammate, and and really even a better human being. Um, so we have Cody Bellinger. He's back and in a good way. Patrick Wisdom still day to day. Uh, with the groin. Justin Steele, I was told by our guy Ron Coomer not to worry. Justin Steele's been out at Arizona for quite some time, so it's not a big deal that he's fatigued at all. He'll be he'll be ready to go. So far, Crowley, what have you, uh, any more feelings, any more takeaways about the new rule changes? Well, we did have a very unusual thing that nobody kind of was able to figure out here. Um, Three spring, you know, with all these spring training games and we're, you know, the players, the coaches, the umpires, the broadcasters, even us lowly podcasters are all working to figure things out. (laughs) Uh, But we did have an unusual situation in the Cubs Diamondback game in the third inning. We had a dual violation call. So Joe Mantley is warming up for the D-backs. He didn't finish up his warm up tosses in time. So he received a pitch clock violation. But... Brennan Davis was waiting for him to finish his warmups, so he wasn't in the box. So the umpire ruled that they both received a violation, and so the at-bat started with a one-and-one count. Wild. Absolutely (laughs) wild. Absolutely wild. That's like like 16-inch beer league softball. And so the question was asked, well, what would happen if it was a three-two count and it was a dual violation? Right. Great question. So, so, you know, Davis said he didn't get into the box because Mattingly was still throwing his warm up pitches. Typically, you don't get into the box when a guy is throwing their warm up pitches. You kind of give them a minute when they're done. You get into the box. Um, Davis said, I didn't know I was supposed to enter the box, even if that's going on. But it has been clarified that in the future, only one violation would be called. 
so on this one, it's going to be um, the pitcher that would get it if their warm-up tosses are not done. And, and these are things they're ironing out. Everybody's working these things out, and I'm sure they're going to tell them, you know, it's just a question. Are you supposed to be in the batter's box if the pitcher's still doing their warm-up tosses? Yep, yep. So Lots to figure out. It's not. Uh, it's definitely far, far, far from crystal clear. Uh, but it, the pace is... The pace is better. I, I do find it to be a crisper, faster. And I'm not worried about the time. I'm just saying what I'm watching. I'm watching more action. So, so far, I don't have any serious complaints about it. But I'm going to have to see it when it's for real and when it matters if I'm going to be bitching and moaning. And if I know me, I'll be bitching and moaning. I, I, like the, I like the pace. I mean, honestly, I would say give them about five more seconds. I don't know if you could adjust it. I would say give them five more seconds. I think... You know, over the course of a game, it'll add like three or four minutes. But I think giving five more seconds would be beneficial. I do like the fact, and I heard David Ross speaking about this on one of the broadcasts, is that he's given everybody the green light here, kind of just letting them kind of get a feel to see what they can do. So, you know, I think that part of the goal was to get more speed and more action in the game, and you're seeing it in spring training with more guys attempting it. Now, I'm sure that the... Um, coaches are going to have you know Dave Ross is not giving the permanent green light during the season so that might be changed but I think in general it's 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 going to be a better product it doesn't mean you can't tweak these things right this is not you know Moses Theo Epstein coming down from Mount Sinai with this in granite this isn't anything like that you know and that's where I'm saying like okay could you slow it down a tad bit not not as long as it was before but maybe a little bit more time in between I might be okay with that, but but let's let's see how it plays out for the year. I have no problem with things so far. All right, so far so good. We'll see uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, Crowley, um, I'm jealous. You're going to get out there awful soon and be out in the sun, hopefully, and be uh, catching a bunch of uh, Cubs baseball. That's a wrap, Crowley. Our uh, episode 16 of season number two is in the books, and we've been talking about the battle. For the Cubs' fifth starter, and that is definitely heating up. I want to remind everybody to listen, download, review, most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow follow us on all the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook, and shoot us an email, fly the W670, gmail.com. And go Cubs! It's all over.